0: than Welcome to The Heathen's Guide to Life, a show where this opinionated jerk and his little brother give our take on how to live your best life. I'm Kay Ibn Latif. What's up, world? I'm Kayla LaShawn. Welcome to our world, folks. Thank you for tuning in. You're in for a very interesting ride. Mm -hmm. The word heathen in this universe called The Heathen's Guide to Life is actually an endearing term a heathen is simply someone who lives their life unapologetically according to a belief system and a code of conduct that works for and makes sense to them irrespective of what others might think or feel make sure you connect with us on mixcloud Soundcloud, itunes and stitcher go search for the heathen's guide to life and follow and subscribe marmy hi hi what's up how goes your life
1: Life is good. I bought in my own coffee today. I made a latte at home. Okay, I'm not fucking with Roku now. Like, we are not doing that. So um, that you know, coffee's good. My whole week has been, like, I've been obsessed. You know, I love a good obsession. Yes, obsession is um, good. The week before, it was Patty and the Bluebells. Right. And then LaBelle, and then just Patty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was obsessed with their catalog. And this week, I've been obsessed with the Jussie Smollett story.
0: Oh. I've been okay. doing
1: everything I possibly can about this story. And I don't know Jussie personally, um, but I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um just from working, I know people who know him. Okay. So I was able to get some really, um, some good behind the scenes stuff. Ooh. Spill it, girl. It, spill it. It was kind of a scoop, and I guess he got wind of it, because he gave the whole thing to Essence. <laughs> so day before yesterday, he came out with a statement mm-hmm. um, to Essence. And it didn't say too much of anything, but just for backstory, um, yeah, so Jesse Smaller was attacked. Um, the whole world was gagging, because it was like, yo, like, this is a... Just a regular old gay bashing story. It's been a while since we've had a big gay bashing, actually. Okay. Um, That's actually a good thing. It's a good thing. <laughs> um, but the issue was with the way the story was developing. I think you posted something. You was like, I don't like the way this is going. I don't like the way I don't like the way the story is unfolding. So um you can totally hijack my time. Tell me why don't you like
0: the way the story is unfolding? It's just something just. <sighs> like i want to start i want to start from a place of um i believe him right mm-hmm. um i want to believe him mm-hmm. i don't at the same time you know how it's just one two like the all the incidents okay he was attacked mm-hmm. they were wearing ski masks mm-hmm. they threw bleach on him mm-hmm. they um said something about maga country
1: right
0: it's just too, it's just too much. So the thing that I, what I've learned from people close
1: to his camp, the reason why it looks strange is because Jesse's a very private person. Um, he instructed people as soon as it happened, he said no one is to give any statements, do not talk about it, and his publishers was instructed to decline all requests for comment. Um, so he's reportedly furious with the Chicago Police Department and the way they handled it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, so that's where things first got kind of... Um, weird because of the way the Chicago police handled it, they signaled behind the scenes that they weren't believing him. And somehow that creeped out into the public consciousness. Um so he was insulted by the idea that fans would question his story, which was weird to me because no one was really was really questioning the story at that point. Mm-hmm. But it was like he was already getting out in front of the idea of people questioning his account of events. Um, so he was infuriated that people would suggest that he was making up parts of the story. Um, now, people familiar with his with his thinking, they're saying that it would be extremely out of character for him to make things up. Mm-hmm. That's just not who he is. They described him as being extremely quiet, low-key. He's totally freaked out by the public attention. He mm-hmm. does not want it at all. So if you think about that, that would kind of line up with the fact that he's trying to stay away from it. He just wants it to all go away. Mm -hmm. Um, However, sources close to the Chicago Police Department are saying that it's hard to believe parts of his story. Um, Particularly, they're concerned about the fact that he waited to reveal the MAGA stuff. He did not say that initially. And then later that came out, um, and it it gave them a little pause, and then now he won't give up his phone. And it's like, well, what do you have to hide? Like that could collaborate, cooperate the parts of his story, particularly a part about him, you know, talking to his manager at the time. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to give that up. Now, people who know him are saying, like, well, this can easily be explained because he's private. He doesn't want parts of um, his personal life to leak out, and um, he just wants to be home. He wants to heal, and he wants to talk about it when possible. Now. When I put all that to the side and, and add everything up, what I'm getting from this, it seems like he was definitely intact. Mm-hmm. Something happened um, that he was not comfortable with, but I think he's trying to hedge it a little bit when it comes to why he was out at two o'clock in the morning in like sub-zero weather in Chicago. Um, he was probably out for a hookup. You could have just been hungry. Um, he was probably out for a hookup. And I think think there's a reason why he does
0: not want that phone to be looked at. Yeah. And, um... Why he gotta be out for hookup? Because because he gay? Um,
1: not because he's gay. But it's like, I can't think of another reason for
0: him to be out besides besides him wanting food. I mean, I'll go out. I've gone out to the store at 2 a.m. to get a sandwich. Me too. Me too. But, um... I will say, if it was that cold, I would've just done do reads. But see, it's not even about it being
1: that cold. It's just like... That's the only thing that would explain why the story isn't adding up. Mm. If the meat of your story is true, but there's one little part that you don't want to get out, it would make sense of why it's coming out the way it's coming out. Yeah. You know, it's like everyone believes that something happened. But it's just like this one little piece of the puzzle puzzle's missing. Mm-hmm. And if he was just to say, Well, this is what I was doing now, or well, I went somewhere and I was ambushed or something like that, then it would be like, Oh, okay, it all adds up now. Mm-hmm. But the part about him being at Subway, it's like, nah. I don't I don't think I think that's the part that people are just like
0: kind of like they're they're suspect. Oh so we'll keep watching this yeah all that to say like I just I think my um, my concern was that I just didn't want another like Tawana Brawley situation to happen again Mm. and that's just kind of what it looked like for a second but you know I I don't think he has any reason to lie not no about being attacked Um, no and you know people are crazy so let's just leave it like that yeah I just I'm glad he he still he had um, engagement the other uh, the other night Mm -hmm. and uh, apparently he still made it they just cancelled the meet and greet but he still still you know out there and I, I i'm glad
1: now the other thing about this before we wrap it up the chicago police department was like well if you got attacked why did he leave the noose around his neck he apparently you know it happened and he went to back to his hotel to call the police and when he got there the loose the noose was still hanging on his neck and it was just like huh like when you take that off but i I don't i don't think that has anything to do with it i just feel like you know you were just in a whole nother zone just trying to be safe yeah but um the noose was still around his neck when he called the police so disturbing
0: it's disturbing so
1: yeah so like my whole week i've just been like obsessed with this i've been reading everything i can about it um and i haven't had a life so (laughs) what's your world
0: been like well, considering how long you took, I'm going to only talk about a little snippet of- How long war, was that? A long time. <laughs> um, well, first things first, our line of merchandise is continuing to sell, and I'm very happy to see my and our vision come into fruition. Mm-hmm. Just to remind you, we have t-shirts and sweatshirts that bear some of our favorite sayings. Yes. Signature shirt is heathen in bold letters, and other titles are Curate Your Squad, Live Unapologetically, Love Unapologetically, and my personal favorite, fuck boys Will Be fuck boys. Mm-hmm. Mm. Go to our Facebook and Instagram page. We'll go to my Instagram page and you can <laughs> actually go to the Heathens Guide to Life Instagram there you page. Go. And my personal Instagram page for pics and details and how to get your own. Um, what stands out to me this week? Um, well, <laughs> you were out last night too. I was out last night, so I don't feel that well. <laughs> I would rather like be in bed right now, but... Um, I, you know, connected with a couple of guys that I had talked to at various points in the last couple of years, but I was going to talk about that. But what stands out is yesterday, um, I was at Marcus B and, um, I ran into, I ran into, um, a friend of mine and one of my good friends came in and behind him walked this man that I literally like hate. I've hated him. This is, um, an ex-boyfriend of one of my really good friends who, because of his violence, she moved out of the state. Mm-hmm. He like pulled a gun on her mm-hmm. and all of that. And when she told me that, I was like, yo, I just can't fuck with him. I just can't fuck with him. And he's mm-hmm. like, "A secu- he works security in like my neighborhood. So I'm user. like, how the fuck is he working security? And you got to fucking, like, I just, I couldn't. So I've been a complete jerk to him. I have, been, I have walked up to him and like, oh, what's up, abuser? <laughs> oh, how are you, wife beater? Stop, Literally, like, that's what I've said to him because that's what he has been. And so... I just had a moment yesterday, and I was like, you know what? I have been a real asshole to you, and that's not fair. fair. Um, well, so I, 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 my thing was more about never giving him the opportunity to say anything, mm. never, never even asking him about his side. I just took, a, I just took the stand of my friend. I was like, yo, I can't fuck with a man that would um, pull a gun out on my friend. Mm. Um, despite that, he's still a human that deserves that deserves to be treated with at the very least respect. Mm. Um so not that I wanna be not that I want to be friends with him um or like hang out with him or smile at him when I see him. I just wanted to just recognize, you know what I've been I've been a jerk to you. And I might still be a jerk to you and I'm just recognizing I've been a jerk to you. Um but it was just a moment and he he's he's always tried to apologize and I was like, I don't want and even last night he was trying to kind of explain. So I was like, I don't want your explanation, I don't need to hear your explanation. Um But I just want to just be present that I've been an asshole to you. And to that, um, I apologize. That was totally for you. Not for him. Everything's for me. <laughs> Let's be very clear here. Um, so that was that. I just felt like you know what? Let me just wipe the slate clean. Um, I've set my piece. I've expressed myself. Uh, I've expressed myself to him, and that's that. I have to see him every now and again. So maybe next time I see him, I'll actually say hello. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was that was the thing that kind of stood out. Um, okay. that, the other thing, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, remember the the uh, the guys talked to um, the younger one. Yeah, the one that's the uh, the the. S- the <sighs> Too so self, self-absorbed, self too, self-absorbed guy. So, you know what? Despite all that with him, I actually missed him and I want oh. to see his face-seriously, honestly, honestly, truly, right? So, I, I there was something about like us kind of parting company that de- that I just never felt resolution, and even every time I tried to talk to him after that, it just never got resolved. So, I still there was still something. So, I hit, I hit him up on IG the other day. I was like, you know what? Despite everything that happened, I um. Miss your face and I want to see you. Damn. So he was like, Yeah, let's um let's catch up for drinks or something or lunch. So I said, All right, let's do Friday. So um on Friday, this past Friday, we um got together. We were supposed to go um, meet somewhere else, but he ended up going to like my cheers, like my neighborhood spot. <laughs> um and so I norm. <laughs> <laughs> so he got there first, ordered a drink, I got down and we were talking, and as soon as he started talking, I was like, I think I'm complete. Like I just recognize that again for you. <laughs> like life is about me. Um, so I was like, you know what? Yeah, I see why I don't really interact. I see like it's becoming clear because Corey. That same day that we um got together, Corey Booker had announced his his um his his uh, candidacy for our, his that he was running for that he was running Booker twenty twenty. All right, so the bartender was talking to us. He's saying some shit, and I'm like, that's not how it works. <laughs> he was talking about he was, he was Nork. And how all, like, the stuff going on in North right now happened happen because of Cory Booker. And Man. I was like, no, it didn't. He's ignorant. It's like, no, it didn't. All the stuff ha- happened. It may have been talked about during Cory's reign, but Raz Baraka is the one that really made it happen in a major way. Mm-hmm. So whatever he's saying, that's that to that. So he asked me about my love. Like, I was like, it's fine. It's going well. And he, then he told me about this about his boyfriend. He has a boyfriend, right? I was like, oh, my God, that's so good. I'm glad. And he was like, he lives in Atlanta, and they're happy, and they don't argue. And I'm like, that's so good. I'm so happy for you. So... Time goes by. We like for. I think we're there for like maybe like thirty minutes or something like that. So all of a sudden he like kind of like says, "Oh, I gotta go." Um, <laughs> Wait, like what? He like almost like almost with like no notice or warning, <laughs> like said he had to go. Right. So. He picks up his stuff, prances off. He, <laughs> he does prance, by does the way. Prance, right? He said bye, right? And I was like, okay. But then I'm like, you know what? This nigga ain't even. Lean on. He didn't even leave a dollar for the fucking bill. That's why he so left. So I <laughs> wonder. So I wonder if he was trying to do that to like play me. Little does he know, I don't get a bill at this place. Yes, so if he yes. was trying to, it didn't work. But that whole thing, it was like, you know what? Fuck boys will be fuckboys. Fuck boys and so it just became boys. so crystal clear. So now, if I never see him again, I'll be fine. He still tried to get the little one up on. Try you. to. I'ma stiff you with the big. Right, and it didn't even work. So anyway, that's enough that. So <laughs> Prance is off. Literally, right? <laughs> but anyway, it was whatever, whatever. Whatever. What are we talking about today? Let's jump in. Let's jump in. Oh but wait, wait, I have to ask. Before before we jump in, do you have anything more to say? Uh, no, you don't, I don't care. Okay. Let's jump my in. God. <laughs> I was gonna insult
1: your prostitute. I wanted to know if he charged you for that visit. <laughs>
0: You're an asshole. (laughs) All right, moving on to more serious matters. Mm This week on The Heathen's Guide to Life, we're going to discuss family dynamics. I've is, been waiting for this show. You know, is blood thicker than water? I don't necessarily think so. Okay, well, there's a spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, kind of to set its tone, I don't have it that, like, shared DNA binds us or connects us. It's more mm. about like some kind of, like, common history or experience that binds us. Mm. So me and Kamara are going to just talk about kind of our family dynamics yeah, and how it works. Yeah, let's start from the beginning. So, so from the beginning. Without giving away my age. So sometimes in the 90s So I am I am the youngest Alright so I have um, A total of four siblings I have two siblings on my mom's side And I'm the youngest I have two siblings on my dad's side And I'm the oldest Which makes you the middle child I am not the middle child though (laughs) I am the oldest and I am the youngest But I'm not the middle (laughs) The two sides of my family are completely separate and there's no really mingling between the two sides of my family. Mainly that's because um, Kamar was born six months after my mother died. I was a love child. He was a love child. (laughs) Now, you know, the story how how my father told it to me is that my mother my mother was dying of cancer she said to him you're a man you have needs i can't fulfill them so you go and do your thing i believe that i really do believe that so i'm i'm one that i never um held that against kamar or his mother that he was conceived while my mother was alive still Mm. that doesn't i understand and i always have um so but but that caused a fracture Um, In my family, because up until that point there was crossover between my mother's side and my father's side. Once, once Kamar was born, and that kind of thing happened, there was definitely a fracture. And 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 at at that time of my life, I had two families: Mm. I had my mother's side of the family and my dad's side. So I had two families, not one overarching family. That's kind of one thing about kind of where me and Kamar come from. Um, I'm so I'm not only the youngest of my siblings. I was the youngest of all my cousins. Yeah, they're like really older. They're the 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 young the the we're like um the cousin or the sibling closest in age to me is like six years, right? So when mm-hmm. we're growing up, I'm the I was the baby. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I never really related to my siblings and my cousins a lot because i was so young so we didn't have a whole lot of shared experiences we had of course family gatherings and everything but we never really had a whole lot of shared experiences um outside of like you know being at each other's house and all that there is something there is something there is something to say that kind of being together does bind it does bind us at least you can notice that so i have a i do have a connection with them i've known them my whole life but never really, I didn't get to know them as real people, you know, until later on. So I always spent a lot of time around, like, my friends growing up. And I always, that's who I related to. That's who I was closer in age to. And I think that's kind of when I realized that, like, I don't necessarily relate to my family. Um, I, I'm i close with my siblings. With my, I'm close with, well, my siblings. I'm close with um, three or four of my siblings. I'm close with my older with my older siblings, my brother and my sister, and I'm close with Kamar. Um, however, me and Kamar didn't get close until Kamar was like maybe sixteen. I didn't like him like that. I didn't like his his parents, so I didn't so by extension I didn't really care for him.
1: Yeah, I was like, that's my half-time. You He's know what? It wasn't really
0: was a matter of like, actually, I didn't dislike Kamar. I just How didn't... could you? He was too young. You were too young for me to dislike you, and you weren't. You were always a great kid. I just didn't connect with you because I wasn't around you like that. Right. And so that just that also goes to that goes to say that for me, DNA doesn't bind us. It's being around each other, It's connecting, It's having similar interests, personalities, experiences. Um, and I didn't have that with Kamar because I was, you know, um, estranged from his parents. So, but as we got older, as the age as our age gap um, didn't seem as apparent um, and so we started relating to each other more and then once kamar said he was gay i was like oh my god i mean, it. it was like it was, <laughs> it, was, it, was, meant was to be. it was like a thing right so we we've, we've definitely did you just out me bitch <laughs> don't know straight men give the way you do okay you are clearly gay fucker <laughs> did i just out you <laughs> okay carry on <laughs> <laughs> So there was, you know, so we kind of developed our our friendship and our brothership. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been times that I didn't connect with my older siblings, um, and the age gap was was a lot different. We just, you know, issues came up, and we just didn't always. Actually, even when we, even when we didn't see eye to eye, I still um, connected with them. Um, I don't connect with my little sister. She's like, what, 16
1: years young? She's younger? 17
0: years younger than me. Whoa. So I'm 39. I'll be 39 in a couple of weeks. And my little sister is, what, 21? Mm-hmm. She'll be 22 this year. Mm-hmm. And I don't connect with her at all. I love her. She's my sister. I recognize mm-hmm. that. But I don't connect with her. She mm-hmm. has a learning disability, and so she doesn't communicate that well. Um, and so between the 17 year, and the 17 year age gap, I think was a thing when I was younger. But now, you know, my nieces are are about that much younger than me and I love them and I get along with them and I talk to them. I'm a little sister probably because um, of her, of her communication ability, coupled with her age, I just don't connect with her. And Kamar has tried to like, get me to like, oh, why don't you pick her up? Why don't you, I don't want to spend time with her. That's the, the truth is I don't want to because it's, it's not natural to me. I don't have a natural connection and which also goes to further my thing about even siblings just being a sibling and we live in we live in, in the same town I see her enough not that regularly because I don't I don't um, I see her regularly enough but from the time she was born, Um, when I saw her more regularly, I just never quite connected with her. Now that's where I want to jump in at
1: because that's a problem for me. I feel like the reason you don't connect with her is because yes, you don't want to. But the thing is you keep saying, I don't connect with her because you know, it just doesn't happen natural. Connections are not built like that. You have to have some sort of impetus to connect with someone. And you have to try to connect with them. I don't believe that. Sometimes you meet someone and you're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I'm just drawn
0: to you. Hey, but- so right there, right there that says that I'm, I'm drawn. But that's not the only type of connection though. But again, I don't have it that like, you know, just, just, just with like with
1: your him- mom, I'm pretty sure you would connect with your mom, but it's like. Yeah, but
0: what if you're not, you're not drawn to your mom, or you're not you're just not gonna have a connection with her? I wonder if that's possible. I wonder if it's. Po- I mean, I, I I have heard of I have heard of mothers who don't connect with their children, mm. and they try but they, you try, have to but try they don't. To. I don't know that I I don't believe that I don't believe in trying to connect with somebody. So,
1: I right, So for me not- personally, like I have. So for my grandmother, my grandmother on my mom's side, um, I don't connect with her very much. Um, she's just like, like like, I guess how you would say I'm not necessarily drawn to her mm-hmm. um, and if she was a regular old lady in the neighborhood I would ignore her mm-hmm. now because she's my grandmother I do go out of my way to see her um, I just recently stopped forcing myself to see her mm-hmm. because that was my own growth but even when I'm in a situation where um, I'm here she's there like I have conversation with her and I make it so that I can enjoy her company um like the last time I saw her I think I gave her um a pedicure and a manicure and that was fun. I enjoyed uh, yeah I enjoyed that. But um I wouldn't go as far as to say that I just can't connect with her cuz I try to. And um I don't force it, but I make an effort, you know, and I feel like in life if you make the effort to do something, the other half of it is on, you know, the other person. So if we both make an effort, we can make something work if we want to. Now there, if both people
0: don't want to make it work, then it's not gonna work. There are people in my life that I'm related to that I just am not interpersonally attracted to. Now with now with now with our little sister, it's not that I'm not interpersonally attracted to her. I just you know after like after maybe five or ten or twenty minutes i just don't have anything more to connect with i don't have anything to say i don't have any i don't i just don't relate to her and for a long time i felt a little bit guilty about that and i wouldn't really and I, actually i was i said to myself i wouldn't go this far about i wouldn't say this much about my connection um with my sister um on on the air because i mm. felt a little like that about it you kind of should though i'm not
1: gonna lie only reason why i say that is because because of her learning disability the relationship
0: that you're expressing is the same that everyone else would express. So this it's is, not different with me. So this is like this just goes to show the way I connect with people, right? Family or not, I either come through or I don't. And I think part of it is that I do have an I. There's something about me that disconnects from people, friends, family. I just disconnect. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, how it happens. We talked about it in the death episode yeah, that i yeah. think something happens in me where i just will sever not connect the tie, i will yeah. sever a tie either intentionally or not and it just won't it's just the way i am mm-hmm. um so but even aside from like my little sister i recognize and, and but i have tried i do when you I, have never been in I, the room alone with khadija but I don't, because it's weird. It's weird for me, it's so odd.
1: no. it's no weirder for you than it is for anyone else dealing with her. That's her personality, and it all kind of stems from her, her learning disability. But when you get over that part, it's like you have to give yourself a
0: chance to understand it. She's no different than when I'm... So I don't know what kind of... um, What age level she operates on. Mm -hmm. But when I'm around any child, after like 10 minutes, I'm over it. Like, I'm not one to just want to be around kids who have nothing to say, say the same thing. I just don't. So you go
1: to a part of the house and she goes to a part of the house. With her, her understanding, or for her level, connection means being in proximity with someone. So she and I gain a connection... When I got older, uh, well, we always had a connection. But you also lived together. I I never, I never lived with her. But what I'm saying is, our our adult connection happened just from her being at my house, me being Mm. in my room, her being in her room, and like you know, us going about life.
0: But don't you realize though that yes, that happened, but you grew up with her. You grew up in the same house with her. I didn't. Yeah, but she was my little sister, so I spent a lot of time trying to avoid her. <laughs> so, but, but you got to remember, she was born when I was 17. Right, right. right after she, the year after she was born, I went to college. Mm-hmm. I was away for college. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then I went into my own life. So my life didn't naturally bring us together. Yeah. And I will own that I also didn't forge the connection. Well, I will say, I think just for and the I'm, sake of this
1: episode, I think she's a good... Um, let's call it a case study because you can kind of like this is the
0: perfect example of how blood doesn't necessarily connect you with someone exactly it doesn't and i think that um I, i i Yes, blood does not connect you. Um, I have other people in my family, and so yes, that's kind of one point that we do want to make. Um, I don't think that blood connects you, and she's the prime example that blood is not thicker than water. Um, but I will say, I wonder that if something were to happen to her parents and you and everybody else, like I do feel like I would step up and like step in mm-hmm. because she's my sister. Mm-hmm. And it would be weird, probably. It would be weird, but I would do it because I bet it I'm, be not gonna, I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to, I still, despite how I feel about family dynamics and connections, I do love my family, right? Mm-hmm. And I do feel like um, I would rather step up than let her go to be a ward of the state right, or right. let some stranger do it. Um, I would at least try. Mm-hmm. Um, you put her in a house, and you have a house, and you go on about your
1: life, and you make sure that she has food and water. Yeah, I would. Oh, wait, it sounds like a dog. No, not like that. See? But, <laughs> you know, like, you make sure she's good, and you go about your life, and you just, you know, check in. Like, that's what I would do with my grandmother.
0: Yeah. Um. Another thing that I kind of wanted that I want to talk about, though, is... Um... I don't think that just because your family—it's kind of is still an offshoot of, of what we're talking about with our, our little sister—that mm. just because your family, I don't think that means that I that I need to try to connect with you. I'll take for instance, um, I have a couple of cousins. I have some first cousins. Um, two of them I just don't like as people, <sighs> and I have no, I, you know what, you talk, I've, they're still people. They're people before they're my cousin, mm-hmm. and despite them being my cousin. I have no desire to interact with them. I have no desire to speak to them. I have no desire to try. If something were to happen and I had to be in the same room with them, okay, fine. But I have no desire to talk to them. And I don't care that we're family. So for me, I
1: have people, again, on my mom's side. Some people are just like, if you weren't my cousin, I would never speak to you. And that's kind of how it is with some cousins of mine. They're my first cousins. And it's just like they're living that thug life and stuff like that. And I just don't connect with it. Now, because they're my cousins, I did try to connect with them when I was a little younger. And the result was me doing the crazy shit that they were doing. Mm. So they like to smoke and drink and crazy. So I tried to participate. You know, I was doing my my party life, but it was very much the way a traditional college student would party you know i would drink i would smoke i would go out to the club and it was compartmentalized where that's how i partied Mm -hmm. for them they were doing the same thing i guess but it was out on street corners and hallways and (laughs) cars and stuff like we just didn't do that but because i thought well they're my cousins and you know we have a shared experience let me try to let me try to intermingle a little bit so i found myself in hallways smoking and i'm in cars parked in a park in a dark place smoking and drinking i'm like yeah, I, I'm not loving this, you know. And it was just kind of like they almost seemed to enjoy seeing me like do the things that they were doing. Mm-hmm. And it was almost in a way like, yeah, look at you, you out here with us now. Like they almost enjoyed
0: seeing me in the gutter with them.
1: And I was like, that's not very nice.
0: And I just all them. they knew, but it's all <laughs> the baby. That's what they knew. But from, but you know, I I just you know I've had I think I, I definitely value family. Right, yeah, I think too. about me you know too. my nieces and my nephew and how much I love them. I remember the day they. I remember the day they were born. Oh. I remember. I love being around them. I love watching them grow up. Um, you know, so I do value family, but um, for me, my family are some of them are blood relatives. But it's also the people that I, that the people that I've that I've identified as my family. It's for me. It's about shared connection. Mm. It's about relationship. It's about shared consciousness. It's about kind of being down for each other, standing for each other, right, right. being able to rely on each other, being able to cry on each other's shoulders, being supportive. And I don't know that I necessarily feel that way from about a lot of my relatives and. That's because again, we're all people. We're still people, right? (laughs) And we have personalities, and some personalities clash, and some don't. And I just choose to be around. I choose to surround myself with the people that I kind of vibe with. All right, so let's come out. No, I I do. I do have a contradiction to that though. Go. My contradiction is. Oh God, this is a bad contradiction because my my cousin, um, one of my cousins, made a point. She was like, you know. We don't make time for each other. Mm-hmm. We gotta make time for each other. That's what I was saying about making and that. And I connection was like, happen. you know what? You're right. Like me, my sister, a couple of my cousins, we live in in the Northeast Orange um, area. And like I made a commitment to seeing them. Um and so we're gonna like get together. But this but there's still something, but the difference between them and like our little sister mm-hmm. is that I have 39 years of history with these people. And so we might not always be close. I might not always talk to them. Um, but we have 39 years, because that's how old I am, of shared memories, of shared experiences, of history. Lord, that's a big
1: contradiction. You just wiped out everything you said before that. I know, right? Because my thing with family is that even though you might go out into the world and you might make your own family and make your own people, at the end of it all, there's a group of people that can that you can come back to. And like for some people, y'all might have gotten beatings together, y'all might have ran the streets together, and your formative years were all done together. And there's something about that part of your life that will always be sacred. Because for one, you can't get it back. And for two, those years made you who you are today. So when y'all come together and you, you know, share your adulthood together, you're like, damn, like. I know I was there that moment that shaped you and turned you into the woman you are. You know? But this so, is what
0: I'm saying. It's th- but it's still a shared experience. It's still a shared, shared experience. A shared thing. Think about more distant relatives. I have cousins in North Carolina um, on both sides of the family. And I have no desire to know who they are. Like if I ain't know you in 39 years, why would I not know you now? See, I feel like that's
1: more of a genetic thing. And what? like, well, your family genetically, you know, like like we would say blood. But um I think that's more of like you would say biological family and then like you know nuclear family maybe or just Okay, yeah, okay. It's like yeah, like yeah, it's it's family but like hey, you know, if you want to get down to that level all black people are family. You know what we if one come- of your
0: distant cousins, what if like a distant cousin from North Carolina said, "I want to come to New York and I stay with you." Now, see, I feel like most people
1: would be like, yeah, because you're family, I have to be there for you. But that's not how I identify. I'd be family. like, no, I'm like, yeah, I'm so sorry. That's not a part of my what, definition I'll, of
0: family. I'll tell you what hotel you can book.
1: <laughs> um, but I just want to like to to read something really quick, just to open this up to the audience, because we are um, really being personal right now. And hopefully you guys can get something out of this and see some of your own story. But just to generalize a little bit, a lot of um, gay people would This is like life for them especially those of a certain age i was um i'm I'm moving on to my next obsession and that's sylvester and um, oh (laughs) i i've been like i've been learning about sylvester and like doing all these like because you know because jesse smollett's gonna get you know healed eventually and move on so i'm moving on to sylvester and i've been researching him and what his biographer says that a lot of people connected with sylvester because of his story he left whatever country town he was in and he moved to San Francisco Mm -hmm. and he kind of built his life there and he made a family and um, a lot of his fans could connect with that and his biographer says okay so you've come out of the closet it's been difficult many people at that time have moved out of their homes of origin their families of origin with great pain so they moved out of the home of origin and the family of origin okay that's painful And then he says, and moved on to to a liberated place like San Francisco. And then this person comes into public life. And that sounds like, he said, that sounds like what you were feeling when you have freed yourself. So he was talking about a specific situation. But what I got out of that is freedom is coming out of whatever place is holding you hostage. And then moving into a place where you can actually be yourself and realize that you're not alone. You know, and you have people who you can connect with. For him, that place was San Francisco. Um, For us, for a lot of people, that place was the village. You know, they would get kicked out of their homes, or they would come out and their family wouldn't accept them, and then they would come to the conclusion that we've just come to. You know, family um, sometimes doesn't mean you shit. (laughs) Blood is not thicker than water. You know, I have family, but here I am sleeping on the pier. Mm, mm -hmm, And, you know, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. like Pose, the show Pose did a wonderful job Of documenting that how people leave their homes end up in New York City looking for family right and these people have family sometimes all over the state all over the country but they would not accept them because of who they were right and they come out and then you know they might get into the ballroom scene unfortunately some people might get into the drug scene you know um if you're straight you might get into the um the gang scene but you're all looking for people to identify with and they become family and I think um it's the same thing that we're saying We're doing it in a different way, but you go out, seek people who, um, you just want to be around like-minded
0: individuals. And sometimes family just is not that. Yes. Sometimes family is not that. Um, another thing that's interesting in terms of like dynamic is, and this goes to show again about my ability to like disconnect. (laughs) Um, but like, I can't imagine if like how do I say I don't feel like I don't feel an obligation to anybody in my family right mm-hmm. I don't know that um if no, I take that back if teeth needed anything I would drop what I was Same. doing and do it for him that's my father um and without so- him you wouldn't be here that's does true. that mean anything to you it does. Mm. It does. I, but I really value my father, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I value him. Mm-hmm. And I value our relationship. And I value that, like, even though I might talk to him every three months. Right. <laughs> that works for us. It does work. Like, that really works for us. Um, and, you know, I never... He's he's not one to, like, make weird demands, mm-hmm. Or like you know, kind of impose on me. Right, right. Um, I think about my friends who, when they with their, if they're with their parents, they turn into fourteen year olds again. Say. like whatever their parents say goes. Mm-hmm. Like no, we, we we're adults. We talk like we talk like people. But I'm the. I mean, but our family is rather non traditional.
1: Speaking of um, non traditional, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but there was a time when I tried. Um, to do the Florida life because you were doing it, and uh-huh. I'm like, let me, I'm like, let me go down there for like a summer or whatever, and see what it would be like if I was to move here after graduation. John. So I did that, and granted, you were a total different person. You had lots of hair on your face and on your head, and you were weird, but you were still my brother, and I gave you a chance. I realized in that moment, I was like, I don't like Katab as a person. When this was like in 05 maybe when I came back from Florida no this is when you're in Florida so I went there um your partner was living with you mm-hmm. you were living with uh and Kia was there and all that and I did not like the person you were at that time yeah you were in a weird space granted I was but I was like yo yeah, well, he's my brother but I can't fuck with him like that he's a little cray cray mm. and mm. from that moment I realized that the thing that kept us so close um ironically was distance We would get together, we would see each other, and then we will go about our separate ways. We would go a week or two, we'll talk on the phone, we'll have a good conversation, then we'll go about our separate ways. And I just felt like
0: the distance worked for us. And it still does. Doesn't it? It works so well. (laughs) Doesn't it? (laughs) You know, but actually, that's how I am with all my family. Me too. Everybody. Even my mom. I don't talk to anybody in my family
1: regularly. Friends too. Some of my friends I get together with, And it's like we have a lot to share. We get caught up, and then we go about our separate ways. And we come back like nothing ever happened. Yeah, that's real family. Yeah, people that you know. It. I don't need to be in your face all the time. I just need to know you're good, and I need to know that you can come to me, and I can come to you if you need me. Because those ties are bound already. They're bound. Like they're there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, but I will just kind of give my own contradiction to all that. Like I think the nuclear family should be honored. I think if everyone goes out with this whole mindset and kind of just just zero in on that, like the family will not be what we know it as. Like you'll just be going out trying to create your own family and, you know, blood will be all messed up and there'll be no legacy, I think.
0: I think it's easy to say when you, when you don't have, when when your nuclear family is supportive of you or they aren't crazy. Yeah. What if if you had a sibling who was a serial killer, Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. a rapist, or a criminal, or or whatever you want to call it? Like, are you going to still want to try
1: to connect with that person? Maybe not connect with them, but then I think, hopefully you will try to create your own nuclear family. You know, um, now, if you you've disconnected with your family and you don't want to be with them and then you don't want to create your own family. I think that's the worst case scenario because your blood ties are are basically severed with you. You know, you're you're not going to procreate. You're not going to like, what are you giving back to the earth? You know, I think even though we're just regular old people, I think we should honor our family's legacy by keeping it going. I disagree. I know you do.
0: <laughs> I say over and over again, I. It is my view. Don't say that on the air. It is my view that the reason oh why God, God made Kamar and me gay is because our lineage is supposed to die with us. I did not. The want family to say name that. dies with us. I. I certainly ain't giving. I'm certainly not going to carry on my father's name because hmm. I ain't have no damn kids. I will have children. I don't sometimes. believe you. You. I don't believe you. I think you say it because you want to, but just wanting to keep the name going isn't a reason to do it. No, not to keep the name going, but to keep the legacy going. What legacy?
1: I mean, child, I don't know about you, but all this fabulousness has to be passed on to somebody.
0: Build a museum. (laughs) Volunteer. Get a building named after you <laughs> Like, I don't know. I don't need to bring another person to the world to, to oh, have legacy. I think a lot of people do, they go that route, but then when, when I die, I die. What? See, no. No, no. no, when I die, no. I die. I want my mark to be left while I'm here. Now, granted, I, I do, I definitely impact people. So, you know, I'm sure that when I die, um, that my impact will be felt after I'm not on the earth anymore, but I don't care. I don't Mm -hmm. care I don't I don't live for I don't live in the way I live my life to leave a legacy Mm -hmm. I live my life to live my life to make an impact on people to leave an impression on people but like I you know once I'm not here anymore I don't care no more. I'm dead. You'll be in the heavenly quiet. No, my ego, is, my, <laughs> my ego isn't set up like that. That's not how my ego oh works. Oh, my goodness. This has been such a fun conversation. So I really like that we weren't really talking about anything in particular. You know, oftentimes I look at this show as like therapy. And oh, my God. It's, is like, very it's, it's like therapy. Came. It's also the time that me and Kamari can sit together for an hour and talk. <laughs> but wait, this is what I really want to know. Now, when our family
1: separated, we went to... Um, can this episode just go longer can you make it like an hour and like 20 minutes (laughs) why because this i've always wanted to ask you this and i think it's perfect just to ask you on the air okay now when our families kind of separated it's so funny because i'm a dramatic person by nature and i was born into drama (laughs) with my mother my you know she was the mistress and everything (laughs) And, um, you know, my father was running around the streets and my brother didn't like me. I was like, oh, so I didn't drama. dislike you. I told you that. Uh, but so we had a point where um, daddy fell in hard times. He lost his job as an engineer and we moved into a smaller house. Mm-hmm. And I always wondered, why didn't you try to become a part of the new family? Why didn't you look at my mom as stepmom and, you know, my in dad as dad and just move in with us and struggle with us?
0: Cause I had a grandmother <laughs> and that was more home. That was more home to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't at one point for a little while, I did call your mother stepmother. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. referred to her as that. Um, but why would I leave the comfort of my grandmother's house to go struggle with you mm-hmm. and your, and your parents mm-hmm. that didn't make, that just wasn't, I doubt that my grandmother would have let that ha- I'm sure it was my grandmother grandmother that didn't let that happen Mm -hmm. and i would venture to say i bet latif didn't want that to happen Mm -hmm. um i had my grandmother and my grandmother was was like that was like my mother basically so um i there wasn't a need to and um i I was too young to make that choice on my own i Mm -hmm. was 12 i was so when all that happened i was 12 So when you guys moved from um, the house that we grew up in um, to the other person's house, I was twelve. A twelve-year-old doesn't make a decision like that. Right. They're the adults in their life. But I'm pretty sure you could have been like, I want, I just want to be with Dad. But I also remember wasn't that close with Latif like that. Mm. So I wouldn't, I would have never said I want to live with my father. Mm. Me and him weren't tight like that. We didn't connect like that. My father was around all my life but like you know I, what was never like um, I never wanted to be around him I never like I never yearned to be around my father wow in converse, I never yearned to be around your mother either mm-hmm. like I just that wasn't how I was wired um, but my grandma that's who I wanted to be around I love grandma so much Um. so yeah that's why I didn't move in with you into that place but whatever (laughs) when you
1: say you don't think dad wanted that i think there's some truth to that because i remember it was weird but he never wanted you to see him um ill you know like when he was like trying to get his drugs and stuff like that Mm -hmm. he never wanted you to see that and he tried to keep it from me but like we're in the same house it's kind of hard to but i think there was a part of him that knew that this was the only latif that i knew but you knew the previous one, mm-hmm. and he didn't want you to see the new one like that.
0: Thank God. I appreciate, yeah. I appreciate him for yeah. that. But also, I think I think also, if he was on hard times, then bringing in another mouth to feed know, that right? he couldn't do. I mean, you know, you your parents were together, and you mm-hmm. were there with them. So, of course, they're going to go with you. That's what it is. You know, mother, father, child. Um, I'm sure that it was it just made more economic sense too that mm-hmm. i stayed with grandma and um let y'all and y'all went on about your way right. to live the, life that right. you live the life that you live while i had my grandmother mm-hmm. that, i mean i think that was also probably probably like um Lateef's way of maintaining some kind of stability for me yeah i think so so had, like despite his despite him being a junkie back then he was still thoughtful so <laughs> the thing is is
1: like i see how that era shaped you and kind of like helped you do your own thing with family i think it you know it was kind of already on that road because you were the youngest
0: and stuff but i think that had to have something to do with it i think that i i really you know maybe one day as i do more kind of transformative work i'll look into this but i don't really i I remember i remember that time kind of sort of when you guys moved away but again the time of my life between the ages of 8 and 12 I don't remember. Oh my
1: goodness! I remember it so much. I even remember the the short period of time when your older brother Hadid moved in with us. I don't don't remember that at all. Yeah, he moved. I don't. It could have been a week. It could have been a year. I don't know. But I was really young, and (laughs) you know, when you're a kid, life just kind of blurs together. (laughs) But I was really young, and I grew up seeing Hadid as my brother. Like you guys, my brothers, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um. Tahira, with your your older sister wasn't really, but she wasn't in the house. Right. Like you two were in the house. He was my brother, you're my brother. And when he moved, in, I'm like, oh wow, great. We're all gonna be like a family again, like we were in the big house. Mm-hmm. And then um I'm like we moved from there, and then we actually ended up moving in with my grandmother. She had a, um a huge house, and we ended up moving into her basement apartment. Those were the dark years. Those were the dark years, but I will say this: because of that. That's why I honor the family dynamic as much as I do, because even though you weren't a part of it, I grew up with the whole new family. Like I had cousins and, you know, I had aunts and uncles and stuff, and it was very dysfunctional. But at the end of the day, we were all a family. We were all sharing meals together mm-hmm. and we were
0: all under one roof. I used to come over there pretty often. I don't remember that too much. I So, you know, as I got older, I got and I related less to your your mom's side of the family, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but growing up, I spent a lot of time with all of them. Get out with your great grandmother, with Nana. your with your with your grandmother, mm-hmm. with all your cousins. All, I was the you know I was the, <laughs> I was, the, I was, the I was the older one, so I spent a lot of time with all your cousins. Yeah, um, up until the, up until your aunt started having. Kids every year. Yeah, then it was all right. This family's growing too. Fast. It was, <laughs> but like I, I, I still, I did spend a lot of time with your family, mm-hmm. and I, and despite um what I, the things I might say, I, I do look at, I still feel like your mother's side of the family is my. I feel I do, I will call them family. Mm-hmm. I still will because I still had years of shared, of shared experience with them. Yeah. Um, I may, I might be distant. Um, and like all the new ones I, that I don't know, I just <laughs> don't know ones. them. I just don't know right, them. Right. They just but like coming. all your older cousins, <laughs> yeah. um, and even your aunt, like I spent a lot of time with them. Mm-hmm. So I, so I, I, although I might not call them my cousin, yeah. um, I still see them as, as my family. They love you. To yeah. Death. And on the flip side,
1: I view, um, the same thing with your family. And it's not because of the shared experience, but it's because, like, you love somebody that I love. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's why we can come together and hug and talk and be like one big family because in a way we are. You know, we're bound by you. And um, it's no different from when you go to a friend's house and their family just kind of, like, accepts you. I'm like, oh, come Mm -hmm, on, mm -hmm. eat some food. It's the same thing. It's like you love someone I love. You're one of us now. So, um, yeah this is like a weird dynamic but i'm pretty sure that a lot of people listening can identify because um people don't talk about family stuff that much in the open but you know i think every family's a little fucked up every family's (laughs) a little fucked up we just own it and talk about it we own it and talk about it but
0: um yeah
1: be out there be you fuck that
0: yeah, so because this wasn't really a principle-based show, it's just kind of us waxing poetic about our lives. Yo, yo, yo. I don't have any. <laughs> there's no overarching theme. So I guess I would say, I still don't think the blood is thicker than water. Mm, 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 um, mm. But sometimes it is.
1: I think what you should do is celebrate life as much as you can and there's no better way to celebrate life than the people who've seen much of your life with you
0: so do it and on that note let's talk some shit let's talk some fucking shit yo so this is the time for kamar and me and our for kamar and me to to air out the shit that grinds our gears you go first i am over people saying happy new year
1: oh my goodness it's only february i don't care that
0: i haven't seen you yet the year ain't new no more like yesterday three people that i saw yesterday said happy new year and i yelled at them it's it's february hi hello i'm not like stop it (laughs) it it, it irks me why though the year isn't new anymore. It's almost spring. Yeah, but out of the 12 months, this is it's only been two. It's almost spring. <laughs> now that it's February, it's really March, which means it's which oh day, daylight savings, which means like summer's around the corner. So no, the year ain't new anymore. So uh, I, yeah, so, okay. I, so no more happy. Please, no more happy new year, even though I haven't seen you. Uh, do another one because I forgot mine. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it would come to me before you finish. I'm going to also talk shit about people who smoke in close proximity, oh. to, close proximity to their children. Yo, yeah, okay. I really like hate to see you know. It's you know I don't knock like people who smoke. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to smoke, fine but like I do not you subjecting your child to it and I wonder if one of the reasons why I'm so averse to cigarettes is that my parents did that shit around me like I always grew up around the smell of Newport. Yeah. <laughs> and fucking and just I remember being in the car and being in the house and being at dinner and they're smoking and I can't escape it it and was I'm cool just, back then though yes but still you can at, smoke in elevators everywhere at work <laughs> roll up the windows in the car hot box your <laughs> right <child>. right and <laughs> fucking, but like now we all know better and i just really like you know it's just not it's not healthy i think it's just i show i think it shows a disregard for you know the life of the child i just think it's very declassé. um you know i i I talk shit about people who smoke around their kids yeah like go to a different room or you know if you're at, like if you're outside how about you don't smoke when you're holding the baby <laughs> you know for real like, how though, about that for real how, like how about like if you're if you're outside fine or how about like you don't yeah just take the extra step to create distance between your child in the smoke that you're exhaling. But see, it's some trifling ass mother
1: out there and she's like, well, it didn't hurt me when I was a baby. It ain't gonna hurt him either. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm still here. Probably one of your cousins.
0: <laughs> right, right. Slow <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know what I'm gonna talk shit about. Okay. I'm gonna talk shit about people who enter a room and don't say hello. I don't understand that. It's
0: so rude. It is so rude.
1: It is rude. And I um where I work we we hand we do like handoff shifts. So we'll hand off to the next person. So when this person comes in, um, I do a swing shift. So I'm still there. I work with them still, mm-hmm. and there's overlap. So when this person comes in, he always waits for someone to say hello to him, and I'm the one that ignores him because I'm like, hell yeah. When you walk into the room, you say hello. So eventually, he's like, Kamar. I'm like, oh hey, what's up? You're here. I'm like, I. And then one time. He was like, what? Kamara, are you mad at me? I'm like, no, I just never say hello first. He was like, what? And then like the coworker started laughing and stuff. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't speak first like if, if we see each other and like we're walking by i'll say hello with the assumption that you're probably that either you were gonna say it or i'm gonna say it but like we're, we're both passing by but when i walk into a room i greet the room like learn your manners
0: yes yeah, true <laughs> that's true
1: now i don't know if that's in emily post's book or what but that's my version of it like i
0: think no i think i'm pretty sure it should be right i'm pretty sure it is right you walk through, you say hello. People, I don't understand that. You don't. You don't have to have to make, have to make a grand entrance. No, you don't. You can just say hi. Just say like, hi. <laughs> but but this this Wave. particular person,
1: actually, I feel like it's a few people that I work with. They wait for people to greet them.
0: Are they all white?
1: <sighs> I just. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get around it. Getting white. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm not speaking to you. Yeah. The other thing, I do want to talk shit about something else too. <laughs> white. Like when I hear you say that, like I just get all these
0: years of oppression and slavery. White White. 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 I can hear the whole history. In do you know each. that like that like Latif pronounces he says what? Where?
1: No. Like he
0: actually pronounces the wh how he learned it in, in grammar school. No,
1: I didn't know that. You have to
0: listen to him. I find it hilarious. <laughs> I, I love he. I love that he says where what. Can you imagine <laughs> being does. a drug dealer
1: on the street and being a junkie and, and talking like that? <laughs> <laughs> that was Daddy. Fucking proper ass junkie. All upstanding and shit. People was like, oh I'm about to go put on my suit, my tux. Like, wait, you still got a suit and tux? <laughs> daddy held on his dignity yes he did <laughs> what else you gonna talk shit about I wanna talk shit about people that go out of their way to sound deep that uh, bothers me like that's uh, some hotep shit like, I, can't, I can't bruh we out here you know what I'm saying I don't smoke but like yo we, we we passing the blunt right now I don't need you trying to go all into your cerebral premises and all that using big words that don't make sense like smoking, shut up
0: I don't, I just, you know what? I just don't, I just don't engage. I don't engage. I don't engage. I right? don't engage.
1: Like, we are trying to have a good time and all of a sudden you want to talk about the system of oppression and
0: slavery. It's like, yo, hold up. Don't kill my vibe. Oh, so so because you're unemployed, it's probably, <laughs> it's the man's fault. Right. How about you just unemployed and dumb? How about that? How about right? you as a neer do Like, I can't. I can't. The or reason. E-
1: they want to blame the man for everything, and right, I feel like
0: right, right. the man
1: has enough on his plate. Like he has enough to be responsible for. Okay, like
0: right. <laughs> he's done enough. <laughs> I have one final thing to talk shit about. Please, people who like knowingly share fake news. Oh <gasps> yeah. Let me tell you, one of the cousins that I don't fuck with, I don't associate with, that really gives me agita. Does this on Facebook, right? Agita. That's a new one for me. Is it like agitation, like agitation? Like like agita? The, like I, I got agita talking to you. I just get agita. I love that. It's like a I think it's like an old Jewish term. Agita. Go. Maybe it's not Jewish. Maybe it's, I don't know what, but anyway, old folks say ultimate. From
1: the old country.
0: <laughs> so, like, so he like, I guess whatever narrative he's trying to tell about America, I don't know, right? Mm. But he goes to the most obscure sites that are they're obscure for a reason. Right. And be posting shit like it's real. Mm. So I will always be like, I'll and until I unfollowed him on Facebook, I was like. Fake news.
1: Right.
0: Don't come my page trying to, trying to um, come for me. Nigga, you just dumb. Mm. You sound dumb. Mm. And you think you sound like woke because you're mm-hmm. posting this like obscure news. Mm. No. It's obscure because it's wrong right. and it's satirical. Right. And if you... And, and wait, wait, wait. He even had the nerve to say... This was some kind of article he posted about um, the Brits, about, like, Theresa May, like, sanctioning, like, allowing, like, pedophiles to... Uh, whatever the story was, whatever the dumb story was, it was dumb. He was like, he was like, it might be fake, but... In my mind is real, so it was real. What I was like, you are too fucking See? old to sound. In my mind, you are too old to sound dumb, Mm-mm. to be that fucking dumb. Now, um, just to put my career um, hat on real quick, that
1: is the problem with the media. We're trying to combat this whole alternate universe where people share things and kind of just take it and run with it, right? Um, and it's like it's because we. Like at one point you would see different newspapers and different news organizations as superior Mm -hmm. because one was on like you know a thick paper. The other one was a little thinner. Mm-hmm. Or one was on TV, and one was on like the local whatever. Mm-hmm. Now we're all competing for the same airtime. Right, we're all on a timeline, and because the headline's written in
0: bold, you you look at it as a news. But how source. about due diligence? Like people don't feel like if it. something sa- if something sounds a look sounds crazy, nope. uh, Google it. People don't feel like it. Snopes it. Like nope. I'm the first to say that don't that sound, that's, mm. a, that's crazy. No, is that true? Or or again, if I see like some gizmodo like some. Site that's clearly not reputable, Then I'm going to go Gizmodos like, has site. some scoops over there. Not years. Gizmodos. I'm just, I'm just, right, right. No, that's, that's well, not same the same thing one. with
1: The Hill. The Hill had Cory Booker's news before. Oh, The um, Hill's a noted one. Yeah, but like in the, in the grand scheme of things, like you don't, they just aggregate a lot. You oh, yeah. You don't really trust them. But um, they had the Cory Booker news like first, although they leaked it like the night before and mm-hmm. we all had it. But well, not we, but like people in the industry had it. But like you didn't say anything Was about there it. an embargo? There was an embargo. Like, people just knew that he was going to um, send this tweet at 7 o'clock. Oh, and, okay. um, you know, if you notice, like, a lot of the um, newspapers kind of, like, had their stories ready. Like, at 7, like, boom, here's a story on Cory Booker. Like, you just knew, but you're not going to leak it. Uh, a Hill reporter kind of, like, leaked it. Oh, um, But the thing is, like, media literacy, you know? It's, mm-hmm. like, you have to be literate enough to let's like, be... Um, I guess accountable for the news you take in, because like if yeah. you just run with this, this stuff is forming your opinion, and it's formed on
0: lies. Do yeah. better. Do better. Just be. Just fucking be smart. Just Google the shit. Just take an extra step and Google, idiots. Well, that's our time together. That's our time together. We hope to not only entertain you, but to provide you with some new or different perspective about the various topics we discuss. Join the conversation and share your thoughts on today's conversation. And please follow us on our various social media pages
1: on um, Facebook. Just give us a search. um, Look for The Heathen's Guide to Life and follow us
0: and like us on Instagram. It's at Heathen's Guide, no apostrophe S. Also, don't forget, look us up on Mixcloud, Soundcloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Yes. Tune in next week for another episode of The Heathen's Guide to Life. Bye. Bye. Okay.